I'm Kyle. Okay, here's where y'all are so wrong because y'all are idiots. And I'm Drew with a U. As the boss of this podcast, I'm going to say... And I'm Handsome Drew. I sit on the Iron Throne of Opens. When you play the game of intros, you either win or you die. And this is not... And this is not... And this is not... This is not the podcast you deserve. Welcome to episode 115 of Not the Podcast You Deserve. I am Handsome Drew and no other name. Joined tonight by Drew with a U and our good friend Just Kyle. And we are on episode four I, I like, of I'm House of the Dragon. It. It gets my stamp of approval. Thank you. Uh, Gosh. Thanks for joining in as we talk about House of the Dragon, uh, the HBO Max show, the prequel to the eight seasons of Game of Thrones. And if at this point you don't know what show I'm talking about, I don't know how you're listening to this podcast. But um, we did have a, a pretty fun episode, a pretty interesting episode. Uh, this was definitely an episode where HBO wanted to remind you, we're still HBO. We've got boobs. And <laughs> they they had it out for you. This, the, I, I think HBO is contractually obligated every like three or four episodes to be like and lots of nudity and they're like well i don't think the story necessarily needs it it's like mm, doesn't matter gonna need that one all right so on this next episode of ballers we're gonna need like just so much nudity and they're like what that's that's not doesn't necessary it's like no it is necessary yeah so um so any immediate reactions as we break into uh this pretty interesting episode kyle I thought this episode was awesome, and I can't wait to talk about some of my favorite scenes. Um, and since you already brought up the nudity portion, I thought that this was the most tasteful sex scene that Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon, of the eight and three uh, quarter seasons we've seen. This is the most tasteful sex scene they've done between Rhaenyra and Sir Cole. Agreed. No, absolutely. Uh, I also think it was the most tasteful orgy I've seen in, a, in I think, ever. <laughs> uh, Man, we got to put some warnings on this episode. Uh, but I will say they did talk about after the they did talk about after the credits and you know the post episode wrap up that they do. This episode was actually directed by a woman who talked about how she really wanted to film the sex scenes from the perspective of a woman, and that was very important yeah. to her because most of the sex scenes are done by male directors and it feels different and i thought that that really actually was very noticeable noticeable in this episode because to your point uh it was a little bit more tasteful than maybe season one two five nine a million of (laughs) game of thrones yeah yeah it seems like game of thrones really leaned into the we're hbo and here's amelia clark and now she's topless it's like whoa we what happened yeah, so I think that was at least that was at least uh, easier to sit through this time around. Gerard, what about you? Immediate reaction? Uh, incest? I mean, <laughs> that was my big takeaway from this. Uh, big in the house of Targaryens, yeah, yeah? I, uh, right, Crawford. And I think it's also good that you said it with a question mark because it's like, <laughs> was yeah. it almost? Yeah. But it feels like lots it was. Of questions. Yeah, sure. it made me uncomfy. That's for sure. I had to definitely felt like grooming was happening. Yeah, at, I didn't like it. Yeah. Not a fan, and I did not like it. It felt very rapey. Yeah, um, <laughs> I've just never prepared for it. I just never am. 
Another interesting way that this show really uh, separated itself from Game of Thrones in my mind was in that I think it's the opening scene uh, when Rhaenyra is off uh, basically seeing a bunch of suitors come in and they'll state their case of why they think they should be married to her. And this little boy comes in uh, from the House Blackwood. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gets made fun of by all the other guys there. One particular guy who I think was a Baratheon, maybe? Uh, and was like, yeah, House of Blackwood, y'all didn't really help us in the battle or whatever. Kind of makes something really small. And the kid decides to draw a sword and fight him. Mm-hmm. And if this was Game of Thrones, we would have seen that kid's head chopped off and put on a spike. And like it would have been like gruesome yeah. and like really dark. In House of the Dragon, we see Renero walk off and we hear some swords clanking and we turn around and a little boy stabbed the Baratheon dude in the chest and he's like spitting up blood it's and awesome, stuff. Dude. Yeah, which was really cool. But I think like so far to this point, like Game of Thrones is really like dark and like this is like kind of real. And House of the Dragon up to this point has kind of been like everything's kind of nicer and every like everything's not bad right. and your favorite people don't die all the time and it's not horribly it's gruesome. not as dark and twisted as it could be. Mm-hmm. I, I also like using that same scene as an example how this show follows the Targaryens and that's it. There's no yeah. other things going on because I guarantee you Game of Thrones, that same scenario happens. We now get six episode arc and or it gets brought up like two seasons later where it's like hey remember that time that your kid killed my cousin well now i'm gonna start a whole freaking war about it yeah and you know and that i mean still may come into play in this uh but i think it was cool that they shot the whole thing following her and then turns around it's like oh one house just killed somebody else from another house could be a very monumental moment in the history of those houses and how they interact going forward, and she just turns around and walks off because she's like, "I do not yeah. care," yeah, because uh, yeah. it's all about Targaryens and Targaryens only. Yeah, sure. Um, and then maybe my favorite scene from the episode. Um, it, well, you, you get you see her on the ship flying, uh, coming back from the suitor deal, and the dragon like whips right by the ship. I thought that was a cool scene. But then when you see Damon walking into the the throne room. And everybody's kind of like, ah, what's about that? He's wearing a crown, yeah. and he's got a uh, he's got like an axe in his hand, and the king's like got his sword, and everybody's kind of like tense. And he uh, just kind of drops the hammer. He's like, add it to the throne, and he puts the crown down and bends the knee. And I was like, whoa! Yeah. Um, I thought that was like a really really cool entrance. And this show does such a good job of kind of keeping you on your toes of like, why really don't know how this is gonna go right. down. Unless you're like Crawford and you've read the book, uh, I guess. Um, now, uh, the rest of us are confused. I was going to say that brought me into a different question, uh, but Drew has something to say, yeah. so go ahead. No, I, I yeah. wanted to tag on that. Uh, a phenomenal entrance uh, by Damien into the court, and he kind of like presents himself as this guy who's turned a corner almost. It seems like he's you know, presenting himself as a matured person who's, I wouldn't say seen the error of his ways, but ready to... To bend the knee, like you said. And then throughout the episode, we see that that's definitely not the case. But it is a really great Game of Thrones thing to, like you said, keep you on your toes of him walking in that court. And everything that you've been prepared for up to that point is Damon's about to mess some stuff up. He's about to yeah. get everybody riled up and you know chaos is about to ensue. And that doesn't happen. And you know it's going to. And you feel that it's going to. But they don't give it to you yet. 
and they kind of subvert yeah. that expectation. I love that. Yeah. Uh, along those same lines, watching the characters, with the way that these episodes go and there being time jumps between every episode and you don't know exactly how long that time jump is, uh, which I also appreciate that they uh, aren't, they don't just go to black and are like two years later. <laughs> uh, sure. They use it in dialogue and you have to put the context clues together. Like in this episode, they say... Uh, how mad is he going to be? And he's like, I don't know. The fact that he planned a two-year tour for you and you were done in like two months, like he's probably going to be mad. Like, oh, okay, so I'm getting context for like where we are. Um, yeah. But with each episode, the characters could go through tremendous change uh, personally and with other characters that you don't know about and you have to play catch up on contextually. So in this new episode, were there any characters that jumped out to you that uh, maybe changed your opinion of them or that you felt differently about from previous episodes? Big one for me is Viserys. I finally feel like we get to see his teeth a little bit um, when he confronts Damon, And, you know, Damon's definitely not on his best footing. He's pretty hungover. But Viserys, like, pulls a dagger on him and kind of has some menacing aura about him. He, he definitely has this mad king energy as he's starting to lose it, you can tell. But I was the first time I really felt like, okay, Viserys has that Targaryen in him. It doesn't come out unless somebody's like really messing with his daughter or, or you know, threatening like it's the last case scenario. And even then, it, it may not show up. But I felt like we got a taste of it. But even then, I think it's the exact next scene. Um, he's getting on Rhaenyra like, you know, how could you sleep with Damon? This is, you can't believe you did this. I'm marrying you off to this other guy now. How the guy from Valeria. And she's like, fine, I'll do it. But first you have to fire Otto. And then he goes and fires Otto. Like he's such a bee. He cannot do anything on his own. He won't even, he won't even like, he won't even kill Damon. <laughs> uh, he won't even like banish him. Right? He's, he's like, ah, like leave again. Yeah. He's already banished him yeah. twice. Like, what do you, what is this going to do? Did you, like, I, did you not think that him firing Otto was a was a good move? I felt like that was a strong... It's what needed to happen, but it was Renera who told him to do it. Oh, She said okay. she'd only marry that guy if he fired Otto. And it was just like, dude, like, oh my... God. And the scene where he fires Otto is pretty cool because yeah. he stands up and he's very keen. But he was told to do it by his 18-year-old daughter. Okay. Like, oh, how did you not <laughs> see this guy was pulling strings? Which apparently he did because he, yeah. he fired off a long list of... You know, you took over this, you squeezed your way in here, yeah. you did this, this, and this. It's like, if you've known that this whole time, why is he still... A, why did your daughter have to tell you to kill him or to, to fire him? Makes I think he's such a bee, <laughs> and I'm, I can't wait for someone to kill him. Also, just at some point, you need to assume that every person associated in that small council is up to no good. <laughs> yeah, everybody wants to sit on the throne. Everybody. Yeah. The hand... I mean, it's probably less in the time of the Targaryens because they have dragons that will freaking eat you. Sure. But, like, yeah, yeah if Game of Thrones taught me anything, it's that if you're the one person that truly does what's good for the, like, good of the realm, like Ned Stark, you get beheaded because no you one bet. actually yeah. believes that you are you could be good. Uh, you have to be up to no good all the time in order for people to think you're good at your job. That, and that sucks. It's not the economy I want to live in. I do not like Viserys' character, and I'm really excited for him to no longer be the king of Westeros. But 
I think that actor is doing an incredible job. Yeah. I think he is doing a phenomenal job with that role. I just really dislike that role. I dislike him more than Otto, and I didn't think I was going to dislike anybody more than Otto. But that actor is doing a great job playing it that way. Um, but the one character that I thought got some more screen time and that I enjoyed was Alicent. Yeah. Um, seeing her and Renera kind of come together again in this episode and bond, um, seeing them talk about, you know, how being a queen is just being trapped in a castle and all your duties are is to create an heir and which Renera kind of says offhanded, like, no, I don't want to get married. Why would I? And then she realizes that like, that is what Allison is currently going through. Yeah. Um, I thought that she got some good screen time and she stands up for Renera after she confronts Renera. Um, this is the first time I've ever liked her character. I do think it was really interesting seeing Renera's point of view of what it means to be a queen after she saw what happened to her mother, who literally died in childbirth, which is kind of the only thing she was good for in the eyes of the realm. And I think that paints a really cool picture of why she has no desire to be just uh, the queen who sits at home and and makes an heir for the king. Um, So I think that's a really cool storyline, and they've taken their time setting that up, and they've done a really good job setting it up, and I'm excited to see her get on the back of a dragon and and kill some people and fight some people. I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah. I'm sad. I don't think it's going to be her anymore. I think the next uh, episode is the time jump where it's older Renera. I could be wrong. Uh, yeah, I mean, it had to happen eventually. Uh, if older Renera is yeah. going to be top build cast, you know, before young Renera, she's got to get more screen time at some point. Uh, right. But yeah, no, I agree. And with I've you. really enjoyed the young Renera actress. I think she's doing a great job, too. I didn't think anybody was going to make me. Uh, be fired up for a Daenerys-like character again. And then she came in, and by the end of the first episode, I was like, yeah, let's go. Yeah. Let's do it. No, I agree. And I had a lot of the same points that you did, Kyle. I really liked Allison in this episode. Uh, I thought you got to see her ex- grow and got to see the emotion of what it's like to be, you know, a queen by name and not in love and really feel a little bit used and then feel just kind of put to the side but then she's also starting to come into some power on her own uh like she's calling Renera to her and she's like i'm learning these things and like we need to talk about it and then she's like kind of talking to the king and influencing him and she's hearing secrets and you start to see her start to get uh some power going which i think will be cool going forward to see how her character continues to evolve from this little girl who just basically got pimped out by her dad and then yeah. uh, is then going to become uh, you know a queen and truly and I think that'll be really really cool to see. I say she's definitely playing the the game of the house of the dragon now, like yeah, she's no longer uh, a passive character like you said. She's listening in behind the screen or something uh, to people making calls. And I thought I, I we mentioned Otto a couple times. Uh, I did like that he kind of get dressed. He got dressed down. By the king, like Otto, you you got to see him not under control. Like, what am I trying to say? Like not that his his face kind of felt like he was scared, a little unhinged. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is good to see because he's been behind the scenes manipulating the king this whole time, and it always had that smirk on his face as he's yeah. been just in control the whole time. To see him out of control, control was fun and good. Um, uh, and then I also really liked Damon's character that we talked about earlier. Uh, one, his haircut was great. 
to uh, <laughs> I like that they gave you the curveball of like has he grown has he changed and then it's like nope still uh, same guy same yep. exact guy doing the same exact stuff uh, and then I also liked I forget her name but the uh, woman of the night that Damon took with him oh yeah and then you know she left and was like I'm not gonna be used by you or whatever and then uh, has now established her own kind of seat of power um trading secrets uh, as the silk worm yeah. and it's like that's cool i like that um good for her good go and carve out a seat of her own power i thought one of the best things this episode did is they intercut scenes of alicent and the king where she's like bathing him and like taking care of his decaying body because he can't sit on the iron throne and with with uh shots of renera and daemon running through King's Landing and getting into mischief and going to shows and drinking at bars and going to an orgy together. Um, I thought that was really cool how they how they interconnected those where it's like one of these ladies is tending to a king and he calls for her in the middle of the night and she has to go to him to sleep with him. The other character is off running around having a good time doing whatever she wants to do, seducing the king's guard guy and like it's it's a I thought it was a really good juxtaposition to use Crawford's word. Um, of where Rhaenyra is and where she does not want to be and and where Alicent is, which is also where she doesn't want to be either. I will also just jump in that real quick, uh, talking about the juxtaposition of those two scenes and especially, you know, what you talked about earlier, there's a lot of sex in this uh, episode and there's... You see a lot of different ways that people approach sex, but... uh, I do think it's funny that anytime people are talking inside the Red Keep, there is a tapestry or a painting or a carving of graphic sex in the background. Oh, like, yeah. Like, just, yeah. like, weird. And I'm like, where were, have these always been here? Or is this, like, a new, <laughs> like, interior decorator that was like, ah, I know what you guys are into. Um, and... I think it's a very subtle thing, but you may not even pick up on it, but there are images of sexuality coming at you throughout this episode. I mean, it's it's everywhere. Um, and some of them are actually pretty funny. I I encourage you to go back and look at some of them. They're, they're pretty hilarious. Um, which brings me to my next point, where Damon takes Rhaenyra to a brothel, but before they walk in, he takes her hat off. She'd been wearing a hat to pose as like just a young boy that was running around the city. He makes sure to take her hat off before they go in. And then he goes in there and then he can't go through with seducing her. And so he leaves. And so was his plan... And then later when he's confronted with the king, he's like, yeah, I did it. Like, what's up? Like, let me marry her. So like, was his plan for them to get caught? And once he realized they were going to get caught, like he didn't have to go through with it? Or... Am I picking up on that, Crawford? Is that kind of the direction they're trying to go? I think his plan was to make sure everybody knew. He wanted everybody to know what was going on. Um, and I think he, He's so nefarious. And I think Ugh. he did truly plan on... They talk about at the end of the... The, the directors were like, yeah, he had impotence. And they yeah. they foreshadow that with episode one, right? When he is having a similar issue. Yep. Um, and I think part of it is... I don't know if he just feels like there's guilt inside of him which there totally should be uh or like what exactly those motivations are but he he can't go through with it right but he has no problem claiming the same effects right because that was his plan the whole time 
was this we are together now and nobody and like people have seen it it's public knowledge and now nobody will be with her they can't refute it and now she's going to be mine and now i have the claim to the throne one other thing i I wanted your game of thrones knowledge on for here uh when Rhaenyra goes to the king's um room after all that to like tell her side of the story and he's got that dagger in the fire and he pulls it out and it's the king uh, the king that was promised will bring to the will bring the light or whatever. Um, I know they, in Game of Thrones in the later seasons they talked a lot about the king that was promised or the prince that was promised. Yeah. And Danny translates that to the princess that was promised. I think um, Melisandre or not Melisandre, uh, her right hand woman said the actual Targaryen translation is princess or prince or princess. And then a lot of people, I think the the Lady of the Light or whatever who brings Jon Snow back from the dead claims that he is the prince that is promised. Can you unpack for us dumb people what the prince that is promised is, like what that prophecy is supposed to be? Um, I mean, I don't think I know more than a lot of what you just unpacked. But yeah, I mean, it's it's truly this he prince that is promised and will bring about a song of ice and fire. And it is uh, basically a prophetic like savior prophecy of, you know, there's going to be a Jesus like character who's going to, uh, fight off whatever evil and save the realm and, and, you know, unite the, the people or whatever. And the thing of ice and fire is interesting because that was interpreted a lot of different ways. Uh, the fire was pretty clearly interpreted always as a Targaryen, but they didn't know if the ice meant like, also where he came from or if it was going to be fire fighting ice or what exactly that was going to look like but um no it basically is just this savior prophecy of there's going to be somebody that comes out of the targaryen line that will save humanity uh and it's going to have something to do with ice and fire uh and drew with you i know that you didn't finish seasons eight seven and eight of game of thrones or even uh, you didn't pass like one right uh three is where i got to yeah, so I think maybe this is good for Drew with you and for any other listener maybe who didn't finish Game of Thrones. But they set up so many things, um, whether it was this prophecy or uh, the the Lord of the Light or uh, I'm trying to think, hundreds of different of things. And then they just never followed through on them. They never they didn't even do like a Lost where they gave you a crappy <laughs> answer at the <laughs> end. They just didn't answer any of it. Wow. And I guess, but they did give you a hearing crawler bear, didn't they? Well, I mean, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure you, I mean, you almost get a black smoke monster, but um, no, I mean, holy the, crap. The prophecy is, is Jon Snow. But like, is it? Yeah. Because like, no, it is. I mean, was it? Yeah. Okay. Maybe I, maybe I missed that. They were never like, I don't know, man. man I've never more resonated with you, Kyle, when you give me crap for the one ring turning invisible <laughs> I, that, I do not care about anything that has been said for the past 15 minutes <laughs> yeah. the prophecy and the lord of light like uh, y'all are way over my head right now this is just nonsense there's, there's a bunch of this lore that was like oh this is gonna pay off someday and it never really paid off and that bothers me but still. i'm happy that um, y'all get it i'm happy y'all get this that's <laughs> awesome for y'all but apparently i just missed it apparently it was like john snow was for sure that one but i i guess i'm wrong um okay uh, I did really like that after Viserys uh, told Rhaenyra, you're going to marry this guy. It's going to unite the 
Valerians and the Targaryens. And he says, the house of the dragon will be restored. And I went, that is the name. Yeah. The name of the show. You did it. <laughs> took Roll credits. Four episodes. We did it. We did it. Roll credits. We're done. You know? He didn't like pause and go, the house of the dragon. And he just goes yeah, right? to the end of the thing. He looks into camera and spills blood over a map. And then yeah. full circle. I would have loved if he spiked the camera at that moment. <laughs> and then the ending of this episode I thought was great because you get Viserys telling Rhaenyra, I believe you. I believe you didn't sleep with Damon. Uh, you know, that's that's great. You still got to marry this guy. I'll go fire Otto. Everything's good. And then the last scene of the episode, I believe, is the maester walking in with abortion tea. Yeah. And it was like, your father sent this to you. And it's like, whoa. Like, so obviously he didn't believe her or... Maybe he was giving her an out in case she was lying. Yeah. Um, either way, I thought that was uh, I thought that was a really great way of ending the episode. Yeah. Right. Um, Which I. But so, to, to go back to my point of Viserys, kind of I think get some redeeming uh, stuff, for lack of a better word, in this episode. He sure. confronts Damon, uh, and he he seems pretty strict about it. Yeah, he just banishes him. He doesn't actually go through with it, and it's the, the second time he's done it, so it's really not that intense. But he does come in with force. He, he, he's not like, you know, trying to weasel his way around it. He's just confronting him head on. And so you see that a little bit. He goes and fires Otto, which is the right move. He does the right thing. It wasn't his idea. Somebody told him he had to do it. But it was the right thing. So I, I appreciated that. And then also, and this scene, we get to see that, yeah, he's like, I trust you. You know, that's what's important in a relationship. And, but also, just in case... Here's also, this is for you. So he's covering his base. So I think it kind of shows him as kind of a political leader. Like not, he's obviously not fit to rule the throne. Like he gets, he gets get, getting cut on that thing. But <laughs> I, I think to literally oh, on the throne. <laughs> yeah. But his back in this episode was all jacked yeah. up too. So yeah. I think, I think at, this episode at least shows why he's been king for this long. You know, it's, it's just not a short time that he's been on the throne. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I liked it. No, for sure. I mean, he definitely knows how to keep things going, be a, a people pleaser, you know, don't do anything too good, don't do anything too bad, just kind of keep it keep it rolling. Right. Uh, don't have to go conquer anybody and don't have to get rioted upon. Uh, so we're just, just kind of keep it easy peasy. But yeah, no, you're right. He definitely... Uh, is not is not the best Targaryen king that's ever been. Crawford, my question to you, kind of, can you can you kind of give us a little teaser as to where this is going? We in the preview for the next week's episode, we saw Otto telling Alicent like, "You've got to make sure that Aegon is the next heir because the king is an idiot or whatever." Um, I can't really remember what else happens in the teaser. Um, I just keep remembering the little dragon game you can play at the end. <laughs> the downloadable content that my wife has downloaded. And she has made a pet dragon that runs around her living room now. Um, but yeah, so can you give us like a little teaser to where this is going and what we can expect? Um, I mean, I, I don't fully know what the next episode is going to entail directly. Um, I do think it'll be... I do think that we're going to be really close to uh, King dying. Uh, we are in in store for a uh, fun episode with the wedding ceremony and uh, you know how Game of Thrones feels about weddings. Um, oh, wow. Nothing okay. bad ever happens. Oh, no. 
Jarell, did you make it to the Red Wedding? Red Wedding? Is it like, yes, oh, I did. I okay. did make it to it. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, I need to send you a YouTube clip. Okay. But there's the yeah. Red Wedding. There's also Joffrey's Wedding. You know, there's... Oh, yeah. Every time somebody gets married, it goes off without a hitch. And... <laughs> can't think of one we'll bad see. thing. There's gonna be a there's gonna be a betrothal ceremony or a wedding ceremony, so we'll see. Uh we'll also be interested to find out if uh Renera decided to use her medieval plan B or not. So Yeah. Medieval plan B. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and if that's not the name of this episode, I don't know. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's funny. Yeah, we didn't even talk about Sir Cole and what this means for him because there's a chastity oh, vow, I'm assuming. Oh my gosh, guys. When when she walked into the room and they, she starts being like all kind of cute and like with him and whatever, it's mm-hmm. like, all right, well, she's horny. We're going to see where this goes. Uh, God. But like the moment, and I like that Sir Kristen Cole was like visibly torn between like. Yeah. He's like, this is my job. This is my duty. This is what I've always wanted. This is the highest honor. And he's like, but also, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go over he's here. Like, he like looks back to the door like three times. Yeah, he's like, I could just walk out this door right now. But the, the what made me laugh was thinking of the logistics of taking off all that armor. <laughs> and like they, oh yes, and 100%. like they do it for like a little bit where they're like, oh yeah, yeah. And it's like, man, you gotta really want that because that's like a twenty minute. <laughs> Uh, excursion of like, and, and it's not sexy. Like it's not a yeah. like really cute foreplay. They try to make uh, it look that yeah. way. Yeah, they try, That's... but it's not. Like there's not a lot going. I'm, I'm not a blacksmith by any uh, stretch of the imagination, <laughs> but I mean, putting on that armor on and off, like that's got to be a chore. And like by the my time wife looked at me and goes, like, "That will take one hour for to take <laughs> all of that off." Yeah, I. That the way that scene would go in real life is they would start taking off the armor and then like twenty minutes in he's still got a bit of armor on and they've like you know what let's just sit and talk let's talk this through <laughs> and then they have fun they laugh a little bit and then they start taking the armor off again and then it takes too long again yeah 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 she's she's like, you asleep know uh, I I'm I'm actually kind of tired he's like no 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 like I, I, could, I could be and she's like nah I need to go stand outside the door again. And then he finally gets the last piece off and looks over and she's asleep. And then he has to start putting it back on. That's how it should have yeah. gone. Yep, absolutely. That's funny. Was that the thing that you were thinking of, Drew? Yeah. And and Okay, perfect. Yeah. Uh, medieval plan B. That was gosh. <laughs> I'm not ready for that. Can we put that on the show? Is that <laughs> I don't know. I'm not real sure yet. Like half this episode I'm like, I don't know if I can air any of this yeah. if I have to edit it. I'm not real sure. If HBO I can't wait can to find out. It, we can air it. Just give the people I don't think what that's they how want. that works. I have, to, I have to review Spotify's terms of, <laughs> of incest. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, and that is probably that should definitely do it for this week on not the podcast you deserve. Uh, thank you for uh, sticking with us as we talked about our now streaming stuff, uh, She Hulk, and now House of the Dragon. Uh, catch us next week as we do. I don't know the same thing again. Probably. Probably. Thanks for listening.